I want everyone who listens to what I say to know that Jesus is alive. He still works wonders. He still works miracles. His word is still ironclad. It never returns to him without accomplishing its purpose ever. His word is enough. You need nothing other than his word to act and obey and believe for. You don't need a sign. I know we've talked about signs and I'm a big fan of that. But we do that for us. We don't do that for him. He does that for us. Once he says it, it is in motion. He has planned it. Won't he bring it to pass? His word is enough to obey the very first time every time. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. guys it is your girl autumn miles welcome back to another episode of the autumn miles show we are here we are ready to rock we're ready to do this thing i have been just so full of joy this whole morning because it is my son's ninth birthday he's nine moses is nine moses ezekiel miles is nine and he's my kid that doesn't He's cool with being in the background. You know, do you have one of those kids? I've got Grace, Personality Plus, and then I've got Haven, who is Personality Plus. And so they like to be in front and center. But Moses, he's just kind of cool to just chill and be in the background. And so we woke up, made a huge deal about Moses. I played Happy Birthday in every language. My favorite version of Happy Birthday is Stevie Wonder's Happy Birthday. So we, that's how what we start with, and then we go, you know, mariachi. We go a little Italian. We we play in every language, and um, so he woke up to that this morning. So feeling good. I have a very special word after the break. We're going to start our series Soul Food next week, okay? Because when God speaks to me, I gotta just, I I gotta listen. Period. Especially in all these seminary classes where they're like, if you don't listen to what the Holy Spirit says, you're abusing God's word. And it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I am being extremely obedient, always have been, but I'm being obedient today because I just have such a heart for what I'm going to share because it is a lot of what I have lived. So after the break, yeah, don't want to miss it. Don't miss it. We are going to talk about how do you sustain when you are in between? How do you sustain when you are in between? Okay. That's what we're going to talk about after the break. I uh, welcome you to the show. Thank you guys so much. We've had a lot of merch orders lately, and we've had a lot of financial donors lately, and I just want to say thank you. It is definitely going noticed, and uh, we appreciate that. As I have said, you know, it takes money to keep this ship in the water. So uh, we we really appreciate you guys just being so generous with your giving. If you would like to donate and, um, you know, the ministry has blessed you in some way, head on over to autumnmiles.com. You'll see my face right in your face, and there'll be a tab there to donate. We would love that. Also, we have such an incredible testimony. Mike, my producer, was like, this is really long, and I'm like, we're reading every single syllable of it, every single one, because you do not want to miss it. It is a fantastic, amazing testimony of what God has, has done in one of our listeners' lives. And I'm going to read you the whole thing because it is so good after the break. But if you have a testimony of any sort, I want you to email hello at autumnmiles.com. We check that email all the time. And I would absolutely love to read it on air to encourage the thousands of people that listen along in their faith. What is happening in my life? It is a whirlwind of a season. Um, I'll be traveling next week. I'm at a conference at my church this weekend, which I'm super excited about. I'll be helping out there. Uh, So many things are going on in our lives. And, you know, when we have busy seasons, our normal is busy. Our normal, just like our, you know, normal every day because, you know, the kids and the work and all the things. 
So our normal is extremely busy. I had a conversation with my husband. This is really funny. I'm going to let you in on on our marriage a little bit. So lean in and listen. (laughs) We've been married for almost 20 years. 20 years will be May in May, May 11th. And so, like, we know each other pretty dang good. I know that I know him more than he knows himself. I tell him that all the time. It'll be like, I want this. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) You want this kind of food. You don't want that kind of food. You're right. I don't. (laughs) Where do you want to go on vacation? I want to go here. No, you don't. Oh, you're right. I do want to do that. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. He says things sometimes where I'm like, did you hear what you just said? Like, <laughs> Anyway, and he does the same thing with me because I don't know what I want half the time, even though I sound very strong when I say things. So yesterday, I'm running around like a crazy person. I actually was like starting to breathe really heavy when I realized what I have to do today because after this show, I have to go make a cake for my son who doesn't want his store-bought cake because it doesn't taste as good as mine. So I'm like hyperventilating because I have to record and I have to do this and then I have to take a doctor and I have to do this and I have to do this and then I have to blah, blah, blah and so many things I have to do. And I got the kids to school and I walked in our closet and I do a lot. Cleaning our closet is low on the priority list. Like low. We're talking... It's low, okay? Our closet is not terrible, but we have a bench in our closet that has, I don't know, probably clothes on there from December. I'm not even kidding. I think my Christmas outfit was actually on there. Like, you know the clothes where you you wear them once and you're like, it's not clean, but it's not dirty. So what do I do? I'll throw it on the bench. That's what I'll do. I'm totally throwing this bad boy on the bench. So... I have a lot of those because I do appearances and I'm like, got a meeting here and I got to look nice for this meeting. But that meeting, I could totally wear yoga pants, no problem, because they don't care. That meeting, I'm going to have to wear extra lip gloss. But that meeting, <laughs> you know, uh, wear my, my Nikes and it's cool. So I have a lot on this bench, right? Well, I don't know. Psychologically, we've divided the bench 50-50. Okay, so he has half the bench. He's got a messy side of the bench, and I've got a messy side of the bench. Um, And I came in yesterday after running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I don't even know if they do run around, but that saying just works here. And I walk in, and I look at his side of the bench, and it's pristinely beautiful. (laughs) Everything is put away. His 50% of the closet, we share a closet, so his 50% of the closet is pristine, shiny, glistening, smells good. Floor on 50% of the closet is vacuumed. But he did not touch my side of the bench or my side of the closet. And so I had a very healthy, unspirited text exchange with him about why did you to your side of the closet, but not mine. Because, you know, I'm cooking food for everyone. So that includes you. So why don't you do my side of the closet too? Anyway, I didn't talk to him for the rest of the day. Pretty funny how that works. We're very busy, had class last night and all the things. And so I... Um, I come in from my class. It's late. You know, my head is full of everything from Luke and all of the history and everything I need to know about the gospel of Luke. And he goes, have you been in our room? And I said, I went in there for a second, but I, but that, why? And he goes, go in there. My husband took the cue, which might not have been so subtle after 20 years of marriage. And he pristinely, beautifully cleaned, Cleansed, bleached. No, I didn't bleach because I would ruin my clothes. My entire side of the closet. And I just want to give him public praise for not just worrying about his side of the closet, but also cleaning up mine. Which means next time I cook dinner, I will not just cook it for five of us. I'll also include him (laughs) in the dinner. (laughs) Anyway, funny joke. If and when he hears this, I don't know if he'll listen to this episode, but um, he'll be laughing over this. But he cleaned my side of the closet and I was like, wow, this is spectacular. Why don't you do this from now on? (laughs) 
so you know, guys, we have a real marriage over here. We're two very real people. We're sinners saved by grace, and we need the Lord every single day. But I just want to give him public praise for that because that was really cool. That is what's happening in my world, guys. It's a real world over here. It's a real world. After the break, I want to talk to you about how do you sustain in the in-between with God? How do you sustain? Because it is hard sometimes. I'll catch it right after the break. See you in a sec. We have a liftoff. Yeah, stand on a rock and I roll like a lion. Demons came at me, I knew they were lying. Put on my armor and then started shining. Unloaded the clip, the spirit was flying. Pressure been building, it's all about timing. Stand on a rock, I stand on a diamond. Stand on a rock, a vessel like duck. Demons came at me, I put them in chuck. Firm foundation, my fear got popped. Got on my life and he put it on lock. Holding the city since 14. Yeah. Put it into me to sleep like it's codeine. God got my back in the storm like an OG. Yeah. So I'ma keep fighting like it's OT. The potential for God to change lives is clear. Autumn Miles has a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think. The Autumn Miles Show and Autumn Miles Ministries are 100% listener supported by those who have already been blessed by God's Word. Would you like to see others experience the change that you have already experienced? Consider being a financial partner with this life-changing ministry. Simply go to autumnmiles.com and click the Donate tab. While you're there, check out all the aspects of this dynamic work. Thank you for supporting Autumn with your prayers and by being a financial partner. God bless you. Okay, guys, we are back. I hope that encouraged you. Those of you that have been married for longer than five seconds know exactly what I'm talking about with the closet thing. <laughs> y'all just, y'all know. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but girls, ladies, women out there, we got to catch up doing something good, right? That was a really good thing my husband did. And I walked in. I was super tired yesterday. And I was like, Oh my gosh, my closet is clean. It was wonderful. It put me in a good mood to go to sleep last night. So all good. Okay. So I am going to dive into our story a little bit today because I um, was going to launch our series today. And on my um, staff meeting, the ministry meeting on Monday morning, I just started sharing my heart with my team. And they all were like, Autumn you have to share this on air. Like this should be your next show. And so I listened because I really do believe that this is one of those areas where while I tend to talk about it a lot, we all need it. And one of the things that I'm noticing a lot in my social media posts is this is exactly what I need. And let me just challenge you. I know we have a lot of ministers out there and pastors and wives and leaders and all that kind of stuff. When you put together a message to share, think about, ask the Lord to tell you what, who's listening needs to hear. A lot of times, you know, when we connect with people and they can relate to us and we speak the language of, I've been through a trial. I've been through something hard. I've been through something awesome. I needed something and God provided and he came through. When we talk people in our messages, it tends to relate. And one of the things that I I love to do is talk people. (laughs) Talk about Jesus and talk people. Those are the the two things that I love to do. So make sure when you share it, it's relatable. But I'm noticing a lot lately, man, this is exactly what I need to hear. Some things that we don't want to say out loud, a lot of comments and emails and stuff like that that we're getting is, this is exactly what I needed to hear. This is exactly what I'm struggling with. So minister out there, leader out there, learn people, learn the psychology of people so we can take God's word and be extremely specific with how God meets people's needs through it. We can apply it that much easier. Anyways. That's why I want to talk about this today. We have an awesome series coming up, Soul Food. You're going to love it. But I want to talk to you about Sunday. Okay. 
Sunday in our life was a really, really huge day. And my whole, my whole message today is going to be focusing on the in-between. And I just feel like I'm living this in real time. We're celebrating in real time. And so I want to tell you with the emotions that I have right now. Um, Sunday was a huge day for us. Sunday, nine years ago, we got a phone call while we were in a realtor's meeting to sell our home. We were in that realtor's meeting to sell our home because God told me you need to sell your home in October of the previous year. You need to sell your home. You need a bigger home because I am going to give you the adoption that you've been asking for. We had gone through the process of adoption for three years, and I just feel like it's important for me to tell you the story so you can catch the significance of it. I'd wanted to adopt since I was 18, but in October of the year 2014, I was landing from a speaking engagement, and the Lord told me, you need to sell your house. And you need to buy or build a bigger house. At that point, we had not been matched with a baby at all. All I had was a word from God. That's it. That's all I had. I had been speaking on stage that weekend and I realized it hit me while I was speaking. I think I shared this a couple weeks ago. God told me while I was speaking, it's close. This is in October at that time. I land and I tell Eddie, we need to we need to sell our house. We need to buy a bigger house. I'm just feeling it. And he's like, you know, Eddie, he has learned to listen to the Holy Spirit and me. And so he's like, okay. <laughs> Long story short, we did. We went to the sales office in our community and we asked him, you know, we told him, we told the salesman what we were looking for and all this kind of stuff. And as luck would have it, exactly what we wanted just opened up. Only the Holy Spirit knew that. We put a deposit down, started building the house in faith. We had absolutely no sign of a baby. None. The only sign I had was God's word. That was it. I didn't have a promise of a baby other than from God. I hadn't talked to the adoption agency in forever. All I had was his word. That's all I had. All I had was that God said, go build a bigger house and sell your house. That's it. (laughs) I can't even believe Eddie was like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Yeah, if God said it, that's it. Okay, Eddie. We need to build a bigger house and sell our house. Why? Because God said literally no other reason. And so we did. I want to read this passage of scripture. We're going to go in and out of it. It's one of my favorite, most favorite passages of scripture. For the promise, Romans 4, 13. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is no violation. 16. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be accordance with grace so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. And it starts talking about Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations, I have made you in the presence of him who he believed. Even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist in hope against 
hope. Abraham, or he, believed so that he may become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. 19. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now, as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He's a hundred. Sarah's womb's way dead. Okay. Verse 20. Yet, with the respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Not for his sake only was it credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. I say that with passion because Romans 4 is probably one of my most favorite passages of scripture. Why? Because Abraham was given a promise in Genesis 12. Let me let me read it for you. So you're not like, Thomas one's a heretic. Let me read it. Let me read it. Genesis 12. All of a sudden, he has this encounter with God. Genesis 12, 1. Now, the Lord said to Abram, hadn't changed his name yet, go forth from your country from your relatives, from your father's house to a land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and the uh, one who curses you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from you, from Haran. Now listen, in Genesis 12, God said, I'll make you a great nation and bless you, make a name great, blah, 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 blah. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And then you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abraham was 75 years old. 75. Okay. That's kind of old to think of fathering many nations, right? But Abram had a word from God. God comes through in Genesis 15 and he reaffirms his promise to Abraham. There is still zilcho, zero, zilcho sign that Abraham is about to get Sarah pregnant and they're going to have a baby. Zilcho, no sign. All Abram has is the word. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram. I'm a shield for you. Your reward will be very great. And they go on and they have this conversation about offspring. Okay. And uh, the Lord says, 15.4, then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir. Cause Abram was like, here, take Eliezer. This is not going to be your heir. But one who comes forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. Verse 13, God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But I will also judge the nations who they serve and afterward they will come out with many possessions. Okay, so we go on and on. Genesis 12, Abram, I'll make you father of many nations. And Genesis 15, Abram. Listen, dude, there's going to be an heir that comes out of you, and I'm going to bless you. He reaffirms this. All Abram has is a word from God. That's it. That October 2014, that's all I had. As a matter of fact, hardly anyone supported our decision to do what we were getting ready to do. Everyone knew that we were on the list to adopt. Everybody. I mean, not you, because we didn't tell... <laughs> you guys but my family knew people close to us knew we, everyone knew that we were in this process we had a word god told me literally while i was speaking it's close prepare i acted on the word rather than the sign that god was going to move okay december came our house was being built january came 
our house was being built. I think I told you the other day that um, I remember the Lord telling me in January, you need to rest because I had been really, really busy on book tour for my first book. February came and I'm like, okay, Lord, we're ready. The house is being built. We're acting on your word. We're believing your word. Are you there? I had waited so long from the desire that God dropped in my heart 18 years before. I'd waited so long and now it seemed to be close, but there was no sign. There was only a word. And I remember every day, especially, I'm not going to go into the scam story, but you, a lot of you guys have been following forever. I've, I've shared it multiple times. We had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. We had scam. We had this, that, the other happen. We had so many different things happen where we thought we're so close. We're so close. This is going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. We were promised a little two-year-old girl and um, God changed the circumstances. So we couldn't adopt that little baby girl. And I thought, Lord, there is so much disappointment here. How come in the line of your promise, there's so much disappointment and so much discouragement? And I remember waiting and waiting and every day checking my email. And, you know, having having been in the process for three years, you know, that's like 900, you know, over not over a thousand days where we were just waiting, 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 actively waiting, actively looking. God, is this our inheritance? Is this our child? Is this our thing? And I remember it was a Monday that I got up. And I had seen something on TV. It was um, BB and CC Winans. I'm such a fan. But they were singing Oh Holy Night, you guys, on, I don't know if it was both of them. But I remember watching it and the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, you're going to adopt a little boy too. And I thought, a boy? We were, we were in the process waiting for a girl because I knew we were going to get a girl. But he said, no, you're going to adopt a boy too. And a couple of days later, I, I was looking down at Exodus and I started in Exodus one, Exodus one fifteen. I have marked the king of Egypt spoke to the midwives. One of them was named Shipra and the other was named Pua. And he said, when you're helping the Hebrew women give birth and see them upon their birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and didn't do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and let the boys live? Verse 20. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very mighty. But the midwives feared God. He established households for them. And Pharaoh commanded all the people saying, every son who was born, you are to cast into the Nile and every daughter you should let live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him any longer, she got a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Her sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying and she had pity on him. And said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women so that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child, walk away from a nurse for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. I read that on February 15th, 2015. And the Lord spoke to my spirit and he said, you're going to adopt a son. Get ready. 
we're already building the house based on the word. Only the word. I read that. I have it dated. 21515. <laughs> and I, when I wrote 21515, adopting a baby boy, it didn't even have a name. Adopting a baby boy is written. It's written literally in my Bible. Now I have this specific promise. Adoption is coming. Yes. Now I have a specific promise. Okay. He's reconfirmed it to me. We're adopting a baby boy. On Sunday, it was February 18th. We record a week in advance. And I could not get over the fact that on February 18th in 2015, three days after God gave me this concrete promise, we are going to adopt a boy. We got a phone call while we were meeting with a realtor that had the birth mother on the line. We had to excuse ourselves. We went in our bedroom. We met with her. We talked with her. And she had chosen us to parent the baby boy. Two days later, I even have it written, confirmed, 2-18-15. We had just met with her in my Bible. Two days later, Moses was born. I say all this to you and I talk about this a lot because... God's word, his promise, his direction is enough to move on. I'm sitting here on the other nine years out of this crazy miracle that God did for us in all the specific days. I date everything because I need to remember. I need to go back. Thank God I've, I date everything. But on 220, he was born. The crazy thing about this is that God, because we had been scammed with the twins, and you guys know the story, told me he was going to give us a double portion. As we were walking in to meet Moses, because he had just been born, we were on the phone with Haven's birth mother. And she was making her final decision about us adopting her. We're walking in to pick up one promise and we're on the phone in the craziest way for God to restore to us the twins that were taken from us to completely restore them in a way that only he could get the glory. I say this to you because we've got to get back to believing like this. I say this to you because the people that listen to, to what I say, the people that listen to what these messages every single week, you guys that are so faithful, I want you to know that there is a God. He is alive. He has a plan for you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do things for you that are miraculous. He wants you to walk in the abundant life, not the regular life. He wants to you to walk in whatever abundance means to you. He wants to give you that plus. I want everyone who listens to what I say to know that Jesus is alive. He still works wonders. He still works miracles. His word is still ironclad. It never returns to him without accomplishing its purpose ever. His word is enough. You need nothing other than his word to act and obey and believe for. You don't need a sign. I know we've talked about signs and I'm a big fan of that. But we, we do that for us. We don't do that for him. He does that for us. Once he says it, it is in motion. He has planned it. Won't he bring it to pass? His word is enough to obey the very first time every time. And I believe Please, pardon my bluntness, but in our Western church, we've gotten away from just believing his word and taking him at his word and having that childlike faith that if God said it, I'm just going to stand on it and believe it. And we need everything. We need the temperature to be right. We need our emotions to be right. We need our mom to agree. We need our dad to agree. We need our neighbor's cousin's stepsister to agree. We need everyone to be pro what God has told us. And at the end of the day, it's just not the way God works. We're going in to get Moses on the phone. I will never forget the moment when we were walking across that bridge from the parking garage to the hospital. 
and she was on speakerphone and you know she was crying I was crying I didn't know what to do but I don't remember what exactly we talked about but I do remember the very vivid feeling in my spirit that this is something holy this is something sacred God had put everything together for us in order to manifest such a crazy, crazy, insane blessing for us. A double portion. We walked in. We didn't even have time to process because we we're on our way to the elevator. We were walking. We got off the phone with birth mother. She said, no, I want you to parent. I, I want you to be this baby's parent. And we said, absolutely. Okay got in the elevator only to walk straight into the room where Moses laid. All this was done and put in motion by a word. Nine weeks later on April 25th, Haven was born. But there was such a vast time in between the promise given and the promise received. Uh, a lot of people don't know that you... You are the guardian of the child until after six months and then you go before the judge and the judge signs off and you are officially the parent. So you actually are, it's, an, it's a guardianship state that you're in until the adoption is finally granted with the state. It's so funny because like, I always say to the kids on their gotcha day, I, I say, this is the day that the state finally caught up with our hearts. Like you were our kid, you were our child, you know, from way before I even knew about you. I knew you were coming. So the state is always a little bit delayed, but there was so much time in between. God had given me the initial promise when I was 18 and then had to go through a lot of hoops. Waited for three years and all of a sudden three months out, build a new house, four months out, build a new house, prepare, get ready. The week before I didn't even know Moses existed, all of a sudden you're going to adopt a baby boy three days later. Will you parent this baby boy? All of this was given from a word from God. All of it. I want to spend the duration of my time talking about what do you do in between when God gives you a word and when he fulfills it. What do you do with the in-between time? How do you sustain during the in-between time. I told you that Abraham was 75 in Genesis 12. 75. Do you want to know how old he was when Isaac finally came? A hundred. So that's 25 years in between him receiving a promise and Isaac actually being born. And then after that, when Isaac was a teenager, God asked him to offer him up um, as a sacrifice. 25 years waiting period. The only thing that Abraham had was a word. That is all that he had. So how did he fulfill Romans 4 when it says this? For this reason it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace that the promise will be guaranteed to all descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham who is the father of faith in the presence of God, whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist in hope against hope. He believed so that he might be the father of many nations, according to that, which has been spoken. So shall your descendants be without becoming weak in faith. He contemplated his own body now as good as dead. There it is. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that what God had promised he was able to perform. How do you sustain? How do you do this? I got a couple tips for you. What do you do in those 25? What did he do in those 25 years on the in-between? What did I do in those 18 years between I knew when God was going to give me the word, the child, children, didn't know it was two. I knew it was one. What did I do in those three years? How did I sustain? What did I do in those few months when we're building a house that we don't need if it's just the four of us? We didn't know we were adopting two. So when we built the house, I thought, we really don't need this for five of us. But six of us, we definitely needed. With two with, with a teenage boy right now, a teenage daughter, and two eight-year-olds, we definitely need the size of our house because they're crazy, okay? They're everywhere. How 
did Abraham grow stronger in faith after 25 years? How did that happen? He did a couple things. Number one, your strength will not sustain if you focus on how you feel. This is why we're losing people's faith. Your strength, my sweet friend, it's not going to sustain if you worship how you feel. Feelings are valid. Feelings are great. Feelings are a gift, okay? I mean, think of the feeling of love when you fall in love and it's like, oh, you're so wishy because I just love you. Think of you, mommy, when you're holding that baby for the first time and all you feel is I love, like I loved my, I still love my kids so much. The feeling of holding and squeezing them and loving them is everything to me, okay? I love it when my kid eats my food and they love it. I love those feelings. Feelings are gifts. But when we don't submit our feelings to the word of God and they contradict what the word of God has said, that is when we will not sustain in our strength. Let me read it again. Your strength will not sustain when you focus on how you feel. Abraham knew he was old. He knew his wife did not have a flowerful womb, okay? He knew that. He said, even God, who, this is why this is in there, in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist, in hope against hope, Abraham believed, so that he may become the father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken. 19, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body now as good as dead since he was 100. Yet he contemplated and he thought, nah, my body's as good as dead. <laughs> and Sarah, dead. Her, her womb's dead. Yet, that word yet is powerful. With respect to the promise of God, he didn't waver in unbelief, but grew strong. How could Abraham grow strong when he knew he was old and Sarah was old. There is something stronger than how you feel or how old you are or how far gone you think you are or how it's too late to believe any longer. There is something stronger than that. And that is the word of God. If the word of God can speak in Genesis and say, let there be light. And it happens. If the word of God can produce and create and give life and give hope and give fruit and give healing and give restoration and give salvation. Let me tell you something. If God has given you a word from him, you need to just like Abraham, maybe contemplate what's going on, but with respect to the promise, don't you dare let your feelings contradict what God said. In the meantime, in the in-between, your strength will not sustain if you focus on how you feel. So what should your focus be? The word. Number two, your faith will not sustain if you focus on their opinions. Now, with respect to Abraham and Sarah, Abraham, we know in Genesis 15, wanted God to appoint Eleazar as his heir. Okay, read it. Go look it up for yourself. You can read it for yourself. He was going to adopt Eleazar. Basically, he was one of his heirs to become his sole heir. And that is where God's promise will be. That's what Abraham thought. We know a couple chapters later, Sarah came up with a great plan. I got an idea. <laughs> Let's have you go into Hagar, my handmaid. And he listened. And it caused a lot of problems for him. It caused a lot of problems for Hagar. It caused a lot of problems for Ishmael. I want you to watch the words of the Sarahs in your life. I'm not just talking about your wife. I'm not just talking about your husband. I'm talking about the people that offer you suggestions that are apart from what God has originally said. A lot of people told us, first of all, they told us not to adopt. 
Now this was, you know, almost 10 years ago. Well, actually this is longer than that. This is, we went on the list and took us three years. So, uh, 12 years ago, people are like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? What if this, what if that? Oh, we got all the what ifs, all the what, why don't you just have another baby? Well, that's not the word that God had given me. And plus I couldn't because I was, I had a health condition where I didn't need to have any more biological children. If I would have listened to all of the Sarah's giving me suggestions, we would not be the parents of Moses and Haven. Their words are so loud and so believable. And actually they have really, really good points, except when it contradicts God's word. Your faith will not sustain when you focus on how you feel. Your faith will not sustain when you focus on their opinions. The third thing is go back to the word of God and let it strengthen you. How could, in the meantime, what do you do in the meantime? How does your face, how did Abraham's face sustain? It makes no sense that his faith was stronger. How does did it sustain? It sustained because he remembered, reminded himself of what God had said. And that was what his focus was. It was not on any other thing. The deadness of his womb, contemplating his home body, thinking, how in the heck is this going to happen? That was not his focus. His focus was on the word alone, and that's what kept him going. And that's where your strength should come from. Through this whole process, our strength came from living and believing that Jesus is Lord. Our strength came from standing on nothing else, nothing than the word of God alone. That's it. The word of God alone. I remember taking, we had to go to UPS to ship our documents and stuff to our adoption agency. And um, I just had a really hard conversation with someone, a group of people that were close to us who didn't agree with what we were doing. We walked into the UPS store and we shipped them off anyway. Why? Because we were standing on his word alone. And that's what Abraham did. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. I will never forget getting that phone call on um, 220. Um, you need to come to the hospital right now. Baby's being born. You got to come. Eddie was golfing. Of all things, he was golfing on the golf course. I get this phone call. I actually told Moses this morning and I, I role played and I, I like ran around the house and I was like, this is what I was like when I got that phone call. And he was laughing because I was throwing things. And I, I remember stopping and thinking like, oh my gosh, what's happening? It's here. What in the world is going on? Um, we were, Eddie totally sped. Really, it was from here to Houston. We went so fast speeding and I'm like we're about to be parents again don't kill us on the road you know it's one of those things where you just kind of lose your mind and nine weeks later we went and did the same thing with Haven that was in April and in July we moved in to the house that God told us to build because adoption was coming I had no idea it was going to be two but God knew. When I tell you the joy that I felt placing both of them in their rooms, thinking, what if I wouldn't have listened? Thank God for the grace that you gave me to listen to you. When I think of what could have been, I shudder. Because he was one step ahead all along. God's word will strengthen you. It will uphold you. It will give you courage. It will give you boldness that nothing else will. It will give you stability. It will give you grace. Why could Abraham get stronger in faith? Because that was his focus. His word. People ask me all the time. I did a video about this yesterday. Why do you talk about faith all the time? Why do you talk about promise all the time? Well, why don't you? <laughs> Let me ask you that question. Let me tell you something. If God had changed your life the way he changed mine with these two babies and all this other stuff, the ministry and all the stuff, everything in my life is an answer to prayer. Everything in my life was a promise that I stood on from his word. Everything. Literally everything. This podcast is a promise I stood on from his word. Listen. 
when you find out how effective God's promises in his word are, you can't shut up about them. And that's me. If you are struggling in the in-between, shut down the power of your feelings if they contradict what God says. Shut down the power of their opinions if they contradict what God says. Go back to the word and let God strengthen you. It's his responsibility to strengthen you through his word, and he will. Lord, I love you today. And God, I, I thank you for the precision and the specific promise that you give to each one of us. I thank you that you're not just the God of the word in the beginning or the God of the manifestation in the end. You are the God of the sustaining power in the middle. In the middle is where we really need you. In the middle when we're so discouraged. In the middle when we want to give Eleazar and Ishmael. In the middle is where all the mistakes typically are made. In the middle when... Satan comes to attack us so strong in the middle, God. We need you in the middle. Spirit of the living God, I ask you to sustain those who are listening. I ask for your power and your grace and your peace to overwhelm them. We trust you in the middle. You know what it's like to be in the middle? You died three days later in the middle. There was a hush, but God, you resurrected yourself from the dead so you you understand sustain us God in the middle and we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor thank you for being good thank you for being trustworthy in Jesus name amen hope that encouraged you today next week we'll do soul food but I love that and I just felt strongly that I needed to share it Send me a message and tell me why. I know they're going to be out there. I will be right back. You guys don't want to miss this testimony after the break. You got to come back. You got to hear what happened to this lady. It's crazy. I'll see you in a second. We have a liftoff. Yeah, stand on a rock and I roll like a lion. Demons came at me, I knew they were lying. Put on my armor and then started shining and loaded a clip. The spirit was flying. Pressure been building, it's all about timing. Stand on a rock, I stand on a diamond. Stand on a rock, a vessel like duck. Demons came at me, I put them in chuck. Firm foundation, my fear got popped. Got on my life and he put it on lock. Holy in the city since 14. Yeah. Put it into me to sleep like it's codeine. God got my back in the soul like an OG. Yeah. So I'ma keep fighting like it's OT. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, I'm going to hit you with this testimony and you're not even going to believe your ears. But I have to read it all because it's so good. I don't even have a name. But we do have permission because we always ask. This was sent in to us. Autumn! (laughs) I have no idea how I will sum this testimony up in any remote short way. I'm so grateful. My boyfriend and I have been together for over a year and hit a hard spot a few months ago. We are both adults with children and we want to get married at some point in the future and the preparation for the blending of the families can be so hard. Anyway, God has repeatedly told me to stand and fight for this relationship in the moments it has looked hopeless. I followed you for a very long time, but came across a post about your Lazarus podcast episode. To say it encouraged me and confirm so many things God was speaking to me would be a complete understatement. Now, this is where it gets good. (laughs) After listening to that one, I've been hooked. 
and listening to several of your podcasts every day. On the exact day I needed to hear it, I listened to the episode about King Ahaz, y'all remember that one? Refusing to ask God for a sign and that we should ask for signs. With all the hope I had left, I asked God for a sign that I should keep fighting and that we were going to make it. A rare sign. I remember the story you told about God having your daughter say the word lock and she came home and said Loch Ness Monster. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> so crazy. So I was looking for something out there. So I know it was God. I asked him to randomly have my boyfriend start talking about planting trees on his property. He had talked about that about six months or so before. A day went by and I must have thought it was too hard for God and revamped my prayer request. Enter eye roll and facepalm here. <laughs> I love that. I then asked God to show me fire. I had been thinking about Moses in the burning bush and really just thought he'd show me some sort of brush pile fire or something. Anyway, I took a walk that afternoon and as I'm walking, I smell smoke. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I had my nose in the air sniffing like a dang dog trying to find my fire, my evidence of assurance. I never saw fire that day, but I had such a beautiful and pure moment with God where my heart was filled and I simply said, God, I'm so hungry for your assurance that even the smell of smoke is enough to cause my heart to trust you. Ah, oh, that's a beautiful sentence. Then for two days, I began seeing pictures of flames and campfires on social media. I thought, okay, maybe. I suppose that could be a sign. Then on a walk, I came across a parked work van that said, Pinnacle Fire in Automation, with the slogan, Always Safe, on the side, and a picture of a flame as the company logo. I stopped right there and took a picture. I cried and Googled the word pinnacle because I knew God was speaking straight to my heart. Culmination, highest point, peak, most successful point. I know that I know that I know that God was saying, you're at the top of the mountain, daughter. Hang on, stand, breakthrough is near. I've never been so certain that a sign was enough for me, even though I had seen no actual fire. I had expected, but God had more. That night, my boyfriend and I went out to dinner for Valentine's Day. And on the way there, I looked out my window and saw a farmer putting out a fire in his field. Flames. I smiled so big with tears in my eyes. My God is faithful, but there's more. At dinner, my boyfriend started asking me about what kind of job I think I might want since I'm currently in a season of life where my last baby is about to go to kindergarten and I'll be getting a job after being a stay-at-home mom for nearly 20 years. We talked a couple of options, and then he jokingly said, you could always come help me plant walnut trees on my property. <laughs> plant trees? Autumn. Nothing is too hard for my God. I couldn't move and just laughed and laughed and choked back tears. I will never hesitate asking God for a sign ever again. Won't he do it? Thank you, Autumn, for all you do. Isn't our God just the stinking coolest? In our production meeting this morning, Amanda and I were both crying. <laughs> if you get nothing else from me, God, I pray that you get that Jesus show them how good you are. God, please use this ministry to be an arrow straight to your goodness. God, show them. This is precious. A man and I will cherish it. I love this. I'm so glad you sent it. This was like a paycheck for me. You have no idea. Because this is the exact stuff that I pray gets through to you guys. He's real. He's there. He's so close. He wants a deeper relationship with you. He wants to speak to your deepest hurt. He wants to do that. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to direct you. He wants to help you. He wants to. This is just, it's so precious. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
um, so much for that. And you know what? I know we're running long, so I'm just I'm not going to do a question today or anything like that. I just want to end in just a praise, Lord. We we praise you. I praise you how you manifested yourself to this precious daughter of yours. I praise you, Lord, how you use us. And we're so not worthy, God, but you do. I praise you, God, that you are always willing to speak to us, to confirm, to help. You are good. We say here, you are good. We honor you. Thank you for being so close and knowing us intimately, Lord. You're a great God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to end it there. Thank you for sending that testimony. If you have a testimony at all, doesn't have to be that long, send it over to hello at autumnmiles.com and we will we will look at it. I love you guys so much. You're not going to want to miss soul food. It's going to be good, so good. Um, I will see you guys next week for that. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.